Ready? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 29-1. We are at the start of World 29. This is a um, an ice world for now. Ice world. No, ice it's not. It's summertime. I'm try- I'm just. It's. It's. It's all in my mind. Buddy. It's a glitchy. It's a glitchy world. It's a glitch world. Tornado oh. sirens. <laughs> Followed by, you know, breezy winds and then a hot day. And that makes me sad, Pernell. But that's literally what today was. <laughs> that is really what today was. Um, we are a video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm drinking Windex. He is drinking Windex, which is very strange. Um, every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles in all generations. We pick a topic and we get into it, except uh, this summer, all of this summer is our summer of 16-bit. We're doing nothing but 16-bit generation games and music and i'm telling you i'm going to burst when this is done because <laughs> i keep coming up this will be a great track for an episode but uh, i can't choose it because well, it's summer 16 bit you're gonna be like rob okay i got eight new topics <laughs> because i've been keeping track of all of this music i've been listening to that i can't play on the show right now yes that's actually what's going to happen i believe it but believe we gotta it. do gears first because that was submitted by a listener so gears will be first. Gears of War, or just gears, just gears and, and cogs. Gears. Oh, okay. Gears slash cogs. Oh, I can do that. submission. Do um, uh, every month, if you're a Patreon member, every month we do a live streamed episode. It's re- it's a normal episode, like this one, exactly like this one, except we record it live on a live stream for the Patreon audience, so you can see us hanging out. In my office. You can see Rob suffering because I come straight from the gym to get here. Guess what? My allergies are so bad today, I can't tell. (laughs) Huzzah! Um, You can see that Purnell is indeed drinking a bottle of Windex. This is true. Although Pointed out by listener Chris Wisner. It looks like a blue Gatorade situation, but in a Windex bottle. It's really in a BPA-free I got to get you um, one of those little spray triggers to put on top of it so you can stick it in your mouth. (laughs) Don't tempt me. That would be something to do fun at work. (laughs) Oh, it's, that's no. good. It'd be a fun thing to do at work. Trust me. You think I'm joking? It'll happen come tomorrow or Monday. <laughs> because I, that's just how I am at work. I It'll become, the, I become the walking, talking jester. Like, I can have a bad day at okay. work, and but I'll go to like, it's like a neighbor next to my office. And I'll go to ask her a question about work or something. And then she'll bring up a comment about something that's happening at work or even something that's happening out in the world at the present. And I just go off. <laughs> in a way where she loses her stuff in a good way every yeah, yeah. in a good way but i just kind of like i do on the show like i just rant and she'll just she'll start laughing she That's can't good. she can't contain it she's like this is why i like when you come to visit me in the office because you're ridiculous i'm like well hey it's everybody's be, a winner i guess a little, <laughs> I that's a lot of pressure you're gonna come in one day your car's gonna break down it's gonna be a blizzard outside and you're gonna walk in you're gonna be all upset. You're gonna be like, "Leave me alone!" And they're gonna be like, "Where's my, where's my happy Pernell? Where's the Pernell that?" Oh no, 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 no! Now that would be, she'd be happy about that too, because <laughs> I'd just go off on how frustrated I am. Right. Stupid car broke down. Coming into work, some sack of wee over there. Like, hey man, look at me. Let me cut in front of you on the highway. Like he's better than me or something. Boom, we're both late for work. Get the heck out of my way. Oh, the light's red. Whatever. Ain't going to stop me. I'm driving 80 and a 60. No one's complaining. We're all trying to get somewhere. I hate that guy. Flat this tire. Too bad mine's flat first. I got to stop at the Wawa. They got free air. What are you going to... And it's just... It's a rant. My, my, what I hate is when you go... Wawa's got free air. Free tire air pressure. 
things. And when you go there and there's a lineup for the air pressure. And then it breaks. The air, and then like everyone is, but like the line goes across um, parking spaces, like para, like like perpendicular to the parking spaces. So I wait. And then when the first person moves away, someone always gets in front of me because they think that I'm just hanging out. Which like, is always always like, yeah, I'm I'm like, just no, don't I'm mind not. me just chilling in the parking uh, lot, listening to our VGM, like uh, nobody's okay. business. So before, it was before Thy Geekdom Con. So like three years ago, we did an episode for Thy Geekdom Con. And I picked you up and we stopped at that same Wawa. And I was like, I need to get air in my tires. And I pulled up and I put the thing in and air goes in and I pull it out and it pulls out the little nub where the, the air goes in. Do you remember this? <laughs> no, I don't. No, because the tire went completely flat. <laughs> and, it's, and I was it like, says, thing you never let, you never drove me that thigh geeked up con again because I was the reason. Like, no, he lets too much air out of the tires. No, I just wasn't a fan of the con. I'm going to say that out loud. Uh, but like the, I just, I, I remember I put, I put the spare on and we got to the show and then I, I got, I changed the tire the next day. But yeah, but I can't believe you didn't remember that. We had a flat tire. We had a show in like an hour. We get ridiculous. We have so many ridiculous stories. I'm going to lose some of them. Yeah. Also, my memory's horrific. Mine too. It's <laughs> so it balances out. Mine too. But what does Pernell remember? He remembers the damage output of a specific spell on a specific game that you earn at a specific time that you can only cast between the hours of 10 and 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That wasn't the first time that happened to a tire for me. That's what makes it more amazing that you remember I, it then. I know. I hate it. I hate I mean, I feel like every time I go to, to check my tires, I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking it's just going to blow. It's, it's just, just going to completely just sink and I'm going to be stuck somewhere. That's an episode topic. Flat tires. Yeah. The, the valve stem. Thank you. So we have um, uh, people, our Patreon members are in the chat. Um, they're chatting with us. We have Bedroth. We have Stephen Miller. We have Hammock. Hammock! Easy. Uh, Mike Myers. We have Jess. One of the Jesses. <laughs> um, Wicked Sephiroth, Chris Weisner, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio. Radio. Um, anyway, a lot of Bedroth. I say Bedroth from Very Good Music Podcast. A very, very cool group. So um, we're going to be uh, chatting with them throughout the show. I'm actually happy to see the turnout for this one. Yeah, I'm glad. Everyone's been kind of looking forward to it. I feel like we need to... Dustin just showed up. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a new, it's like a new uh, weekend. It's not quite the weekend. But we're celebrating like it is the weekend. The you know? solace is here. Yeah, that's all. Oh, look at that. Look at that. It's it's a party now. <laughs> Christopher Schenz was here. <laughs> it's like just reading them all. But it's it's just great. Like I like it's one of those where like I feel like what I like what I've always wanted most to come out of these live chats. It's like because obviously we're doing a show and I we, we look at the chat while we go. Yeah. But we can't respond to every bit, right? Because it's, naturally we can't. Yeah, there's like but a dialogue you, like happening on its own. But that's what yeah. you want. You yeah. want the dialogue to just be flowing from everybody that's in the chat because I feel like everybody in our circle is like cool enough in that sense where it's like no one's going to be in there like just like no one's a, at least from the time I've done this no one's been a jerk no one's ever been that person like well he can't be here you know everyone oh, yeah. just gets along uh, and I love that aspect that's, so much. That's how I feel like with the show like everyone Everyone can enjoy this. Everyone can have a good time, and 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 other Except people. For the annoyed, he steals pieces. I don't like that. I like my own pizza. Thank, thank you very much. I want my own pizza. But and everybody can um, make their own podcast too. If you want to make your own podcast, I am like, yeah. Let me tell you how I did it. Let me tell you what I do. If you want to do it, I will fully support you in doing it. And I'll tell you what I do. I stuff. show up. And Pernell shows. Up. <laughs> I show up. Yeah, but people don't realize that's like. 90% of the show, right? Just showing up. It's literally the most consistent I've ever been with anything in my life. It's just consistency. You got to be consistent. And 
Um, and you'll have, and then you, you make it work, and then you'll have fun, and then it becomes work again, and then you have fun again. <laughs> and even when it's work, it's still fun. That's yeah. the weird thing. The work is getting there, but then once you start, it's like, oh, we're good. Let's do it. It's a good time. All right. Is that is it emotion? It's is it raw emotion? <laughs> I'm just trying not to show. For now, it's fine. It's a little smoky in here. <laughs> it's just, just the gym sweat. I'm just so happy. Yes, the gym sweat. Um, okay, so we are revisiting the topic of the 16-bit goes to the movies. So this is the 16-bit era of video games when we thought, wow, R-rated movie deserves a video game for children. Would have thought. Money in the bank. Money in the bank. Not quite. Maybe the uh, maybe Blockbuster bought up all of those uh, all of those copies of those games. But just still money. And if they, if, they, if the Blockbuster bought them up, and then people came to the store thinking Batman Returns, that's got to be fun, and yep. then they just rent it ad nauseum. That's still making money two times over. By the time they realize they didn't like the game, which I'm not commenting because I've actually never played Batman Returns. Yeah, I don't remember. If they comment, if they don't like it, it's too late. It's already been played. I, honestly, I think I've only ever played the NES Batman and the Game Boy Batman. NES Game Boy Genesis. And then that Adventures of Batman and Robin based on the cartoon. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember seeing that, but I never... It wasn't very good. It was like... Well, actually, it depends on who you talk to, but to me, it was just like, throw a bunch of batarangs. Where is he getting all these things? <laughs> I don't understand. Um, oh, but anyway, so uh, the summer of 16-bit goes to the movies, but like every month on our Patreon episodes, we go to our listeners, we go to our Patreon members for track suggestions, and also, just like the VGM jukebox of the years of yesteryear... <laughs> I do want to point this out. We asked for just testimonials. Someone made this comment, and I do want to mention it because it, it embodies a lot of the show and just general interactions with everybody, too. Solus goes, I love how even if I am busy these days, I still feel welcome. Though I also want to say Bedrill says, everyone's welcome while the RP Express. <laughs> but that's 100% authentic commenting because right. we have hundreds of episodes out there, and we release episodes every single week, which means that's a lot of content for people to fit into their daily schedules or weekly schedules. Mm. You don't have to keep up. No one's requiring or expecting you to keep up with every single episode or whatnot. You don't even have to be present all the time. It's just a matter of being like, hey, this person's cool. They've been here. Leave. Come back. You're always welcome. Yeah, you can drop in. You can drop out. That's, don't drop out. Stay in school, kids. Well, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you can, like people say, like, oh, you do a podcast. Like, what, what do you do? And I say, well, we do it every week. It can be overwhelming. But if you're interested, just look for something that sounds interesting, mm-hmm. a topic that maybe is nostalgic for you or just sounds interesting, and then start there because don't be a completionist. Don't be a hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, or be a completionist, but you got that time on you. I don't want but people, you're not required to be. You don't have to go for the platinum. I don't want people to get bored of my voice, is, is all I'm saying. All right. The hottest of the garbage, both in game and Batman Forever. Hottest of garbage, both in game and in film. Oh, was that was that Clooney? I don't remember which Batman it was. My main thing about it, as far as like the movie itself, was it was the one that had the Riddler, and they had this scene where Batman Ooh. comes together and Russ he has to he has to get off his keister and get back out there and take care of business, okay. and he reveals the Bat Boat. He has like the Bat Jet. <laughs> He gets these new vehicles, and they all get blown up in the next 20 minutes. All right, so I got Joel Schumacher. Eh, Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Yeah, I was into that. I thought he was good, though. Val Kilmer as the Batman. Was that one that had two? Was it Two-Face was in it, too? Because I feel like Forever had two villains. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, he was, he was in it. Yeah, okay, yeah, there yeah. we go. Was, I knew it was two villains. But yeah, like he, co- he comes together. He's like, you know, I got all this cool stuff. And he just gets blown up. It was a solely done to market toys that get blown up when you take them home. They blow up in the car. I don't know. 
Mm. I see it. They blew up in the car. That'd be the most authentic movie-based toy ever. <laughs> just like, here's the, the there's the Batmobile, and it explodes. It explodes just like in the movie. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's start with some music. What do you say? So we're gonna go. We have we have a lot of picks today. I think we can get through all of them, or at least through at least every person who submitted picks. We had some multiple picks from people, which is what you we want that because want it gives that. us it gives us options if you put like because honestly, your number two might be Purnell's number one. Uh, I'm gonna sneeze, so why don't you begin? <laughs> okay then. Well, I'm <laughs> gonna go with my first pick, which was a big surprise pick for the show. It came both in composer and from game. Um, this came from Bedroth, oh. and the game is called Super Back to the Future 2 from the Super Nintendo. The track is titled Round 4-3, composed by Hitoshi Sakamoto. Yeah. Wouldn't have expected that. What are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> somebody in Batman. Darn I'm going to find out. It's been a while. Anyway, that was Super <laughs> Back to the Future 2 from the Super Nintendo Rail 4-3 composed by Hitoshi Sakamoto submitted by a friend and listener Bedroth and that is a beast of a bop. Mm. Uh, I like the track very much. It was like I was going through the roster of tracks. I hit that and was like, yeah, I'm going with it. That's the, that was like my first pick of the bunch. <laughs> I was like, I got to do it. Got to do it. Um... But uh, before I go into ramble mode here, I am going to read the testimonial du jour from Friend Bedra. So, the movie games I had in mind either had soundtracks that weren't quite as good as I remembered, such as We're Back, The Mask, etc. Or the soundtrack is good, but it's actually based or basically ripped from the film, such as Hook, Aladdin, and pretty much anything Disney or John Williams. So I had to go hunting. The soundtrack to Super Back to the Future 2 for the SNES is a hit and miss, but I really dig both of the World 5 tracks. This track in particular sounded like a cool mix of a Capcom action game and a square JRPG. Rob nailed it with the Chrono Trigger call-out, too. I hope you all enjoy it. I've never played the game, so if anyone has, I'm curious if it's as awful as my gut tells me it is. Well, Bedroth, I have also never played it. However, I did want to look it up a little bit before doing the episode, so I did look up some video of it. Most notably, the actual stage this track plays on. And the first thing that clicked for me was that it feels like it was ripped directly from, like, Tiny Toon Adventures Buster Bust Loose. Oh, yeah. Because Marty rides his hoverboard, 
Mm-hmm. He ride. He runs about not as fast as Buster, but he runs pretty fast on the hoverboard. He attacks exactly like Buster does. He jumps and he does a flip on the board, and whatever, regardless of where he's positioned, as long as he's in that flip, he hits an enemy and he kills him. And when the enemy dies, they turn the exact same sparkle pattern that the enemies in Buster Bust Loose Flum turn into. So it just kind of caught me up because like, that's exactly like Buster Bust Loose to the letter. You know what? They, they're allowed to reuse assets. They got they're on a, they're on a time frame. They got a budget. <laughs> oh, quite a budget. They got a budget. They got lack thereof. But but Buster's budget busts loose. <laughs> but honestly, the game still looked like fun. I mean, it had springs, it had air vents, it well, had disappearing platforms because yeah, Back to the Future would have that. He was running through a military base to find <laughs> Biff to ask him about the the com the almanac. Which well, well, satellite the movie, of course. Well, he had like he looks like Marty McFly, like a cartoony Marty, like a cartoony Michael J. Fox on a hoverboard, which is already leagues ahead of the first Back to the Future game on the NES. But he's also fighting military agents with guns and knives. You got to make it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and he's dodging exploding spikes and he's jumping on yes. disappearing crags, hovering crags. So this is this is going to be a theme on the theme of today's show. Is that like? Yeah, so they make a video game out of the movie, but like they gotta like video gameize it, right? <laughs> so if you follow the script exactly, it'd be boring. I think it'd be boring. Like well, you, that, Batman did it. Yeah, but Batman's all action. So is Back to the Future. It's back to the Future. <laughs> they could have they could have did a whole stage where it's just a DeLorean trying to get to eighty eight miles an hour, but right. you gotta dodge debris and traffic. So what I always thought was interesting, right? So. You think about this era of video games, which is like the, the mid to late 90s mm-hmm. of the 16-bit era. The platformer then is what the first-person shooter is today. So if you take a property and put it in that that world, right? It's Waterworld. It's Batman. It's Back to the Future. It's going to be a side-scrolling game where you're beating up random things. And then if you did the same thing today and you make a movie out of Jurassic Park or a game out of Jurassic Park I'm sorry make a game out of Jurassic Park or you make a game out of like whatever movies are coming out now the Marvel movies it's gonna be a first person shooter and you're gonna be shooting something then necessarily you can get like three it'll be like a like a poor like a low poly like 3D exploration game too they are out there yes but that's not the money (laughs) (laughs) there's money I think there's a Jurassic Park game coming out actually funny enough Built off of the newer one, Jurassic World or whatever. Okay, and it's like best Jurassic Park game it was the light gun game in the arcade. What? Remember you play that? I have never had, and for good reason. It's I don't want to shoot the dinosaurs. I want to befriend the dinosaurs. You're shooting Thank them you. with tranquilizers. A lot of tranquilizers. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and then they faint. Enough to drop an elephant twice. Now, Dino Crisis was my jam. Dino Crisis was alright. I will shoot those dinosaurs because they were freaky. <laughs> so you just so it's about the freaky dinosaurs, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, you're just at the place minding your own business, and these like freaking like rabbit reptiles just want to attack you on sight. Like, look, man, I'm just here to get a sandwich out of the cooler, and you want to bite me? Fine, I'll shoot you in the face. I don't remember that game too well, so I'm imagining you are like attempting to uh, retrieve sandwiches. <laughs> you probably are for some kids' picnic outside the park. Yeah, they forgot them on the on site. You, you know, it's it's it's, it's a health it's a health pack. They still, you know what? That used to be a thing. What was that? Wicked Sephiroth says, do they still make collectathons like Mario 64 and Banjo Kazooie style? So they made one, almost the homage, homage to Mario 64 in those games. That was Hat in Time. Yep, that one. And then there was also not Banjo Kazooie, but uh, Ukulele. Ukulele. So I think we just answered our own question but, but, in that but, they don't. 
unless they're homages lately. Yeah. Like, as far as, like, mainstream production, they've kind of tapered off. Metroidvania is the thing now. God, I hate saying Metroidvania <laughs> is the thing now. Everybody's doing that in roguelikes. Ex- those, those are the biggins. Yeah, roguelike, I could say. Explorational, two-dimensional, platformational. <laughs> Explorational, platformational. I can't wait for Psychonauts to come out. Oh, my God. I'm ready! Uh, uh, right, which reminds uh, me, then we should probably pick this track because we'll ramble yeah, forever. Yeah. A remake of Psychonauts or a no, new a, a sequel? So, for as frustrating as it's been for me game-wise this year, as far as like, believe it or not, I'm inundated. There's too freaking much, and it's killing me. But this has been the best year for like big anticipated games for me. Mm. Like, who saw it coming? Pernell's getting these game game. I got Shin Megami Tensei 5, a sequel I've been waiting for since 2012 or so. We got Psychonauts 2, which I've been waiting for since 2005. And we got The World Is With You 2, which yeah. I've been waiting for since 2008. <laughs> or 2009. But those three alone, and I'm sure there's another one I'm genuinely forgetting. Like, it's been like a weird year for like all those games Pernell have been tucked away waiting for for like a decade. It's exciting. They're all coming in the same quarter. Remember when you played that and you thought, man, that'd be great if they made another one. And then they just never did. I was complaining about World Ends With You needing a <laughs> sequel and being ignored for years. So then they just hit this surprise release and it's apparently good. So it's like, oh yeah, someone's listening to me. Mm. So if you're listening to this episode of Rhythm and Pixels, I'm going to have some sequels at the end of this episode for games you need to look up. Ooh. Like Crystallis 2. Crystallis more. <laughs> Crystallis. Crystallises. <laughs> Crystallises. More, more, more crystals. All right. Oh, God, I'd play a Last Stalker sequel yeah, yesterday. Keep the isometrics, though, or else get out. No, that's that's where the nostalgia is. No, that's where the game is. Yeah. It needs all of it. Keep it. All right, so our next track was picked by our listener uh, and friend Hammock. I was like, should I? Shouldn't I? Yeah, save, save your voice. Save your voice. Um, he sent a couple picks. We're going to pick this one. It's from Die Hard for the TurboGrafx-16, which I didn't realize was a thing. That makes two of us. I'm excited about. This is Stage 1, The Garden, composed by Kenji Yoshida, Die Hard for the TurboGrafx-16. listening to stage one the garden from die hard for the turbo graphic 16 composed by kenji yoshida that's some this is some funky bass this is on the turbo 16 yeah the pc engine my system of choice it's got some fun little licks like happening in there but like it's kind of and i appreciate really interesting i gotta say i do appreciate that hammock submitted this track because i feel like 
for the most part, there might be one or two, but for the most part, we've picked Turbo Graphics to every 16-bit summer episode so yes. far. So to see a Patreon episode where someone was like, "We got to rep TG16." Much appreciated. I think at the end of the summer of 16-bit, we just we just gun it. We just put the we put the pedal to the metal. We would just be, be go until you run out of gas on the Turbo Graphics. We have like two Turbo Graphics episodes. <laughs> that could be pretty funny. Just unrestricted topic, just Turbo Graphics and ter- PC Engine games. Like more people should have played the system, but at the same time, I understand <laughs> why they didn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, so Hammock uh, sent a testimonial. He says, it wouldn't be a 16-bit episode without some Turbo Graphics 16 representation. And it wouldn't be a games based on movies episode without a little diehard action. I'm talking Bruce Willis, Jingle Bells, Hans Gruber, and a Carl Winslow origin Hans story. Hans Gruber. <laughs> Hans Gruber. And a Carl Winslow origin story all wrapped up in a beautiful Christmas package. I love how funky the Turbo Graphics can get, and this track funks it up just the right amount because you can't funk around too much. I mean, you can, but this show is a kid-friendly territory. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Oh, Hammock. Yeah, that's... Bringing that Aqua City love. This, he's bringing the TurboGrafx heat. This is so good. I'm a big... I'm, I'm this is, quite fond of this. Yeah, there's there's a couple games in today's episode that I, I've never really touched or even looked at before. Or it's, I'm excited to hear them. This is That's a large part of why I was hoping that people would take to this topic because mm-hmm. movie-based games are the type of thing where you could go either one of two ways. Either, oh boy, a movie game, and you're jumping on all of them just because you like Batman and you want to see what this game was like. Yep. Or, oh, cheap cash in movie games. I'm not going to play any of those. And I was on the ladder for the most part. Cartoons, I could buy. Movies, I ignored, which means there's a lot of games out there that were movie-based that I'd never experienced. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you kind of learn. Like, because of the NES, we learned at a young age that most movie games are not going to be great. So then when they kept making them, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I think GoldenEye turned things around a little bit. And then the funny thing about that is that it's true, but it's also why we thought cartoon games would be so great because back in the day, many of the cartoon games were Disney games that were done by Capcom, yes. and they kicked butt with all of their games. Yeah. So you were led to believe, well... You can't go wrong with a game based on a cartoon. And then after when Super Nintendo came along, Konami took the torch for a couple of them, and theirs were great. Have you seen Die Hard? The movie? Yeah. Barely remember it. Oh, we should watch that again sometime. Maybe this Christmas we'll watch it again. Because, you know, it's a Christmas movie, you know. It's a Christmas movie, Rob. Did you know? Did you know? Best Christmas movie? Okay. Die Hard? Just because it takes place over Christmas... No, I'm just joking on Does the fact that people, it's like a big thing people do. Did you know it's a Christmas movie? It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I get it, I get it. It's, it's, it's a Christmas I, movie. It's a fun action movie. It's like Bruce Willis doing his Bruce Williest. Yeah. <laughs> it's Bruce Williest. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Sense. <laughs> that was, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That was, was that was the Bruce Williest. Nah, I still think it's I see there's no way that's the Bruce That's the Bruce Saddiest. Because he brings, he brings like in... Yeah, he brings in kind of the... Um, like the, this, the, this kind of, he brings in some of the dramatic story he brings in the action he brings in the quips and that's all Bruce Willis it's, it's, he's just playing himself that's just who he is it's fun I, I got a comment on this because it came up in the chat and it's so true to life for something with games like, <laughs> what's up Jess says I can't explain it but sometimes I just like to play a mediocre game and movie games usually fit the bill mm. that ties into like how I used to talk about games in the present sense in that I think I don't think there are really any bad games at this point like, there's, a, there's a few I'm not going <laughs> there aren't any because there's always something yeah. but there's very few bad games but there's a lot of mediocre ones so 
picking up a game that sounds bad as course, I might say this is the worst game ever, but if you pick it up and play it yourself, you might come up and say, it's pretty mediocre. But I have a taste for mediocre right now, so it's okay. I'm enjoying what I'm getting out of it. And it's amazing how often that actually happens. It just enjoying a mediocre game. You know, you can't live off of prime rib alone. You gotta have a little little candy there, a little a little bread, a little something. You gotta know you gotta know low tier to appreciate high tier. Exactly. And sometimes high tier actually makes you appreciate low tier that much more. Sometimes you need a little Terminator. No, sometimes you need a little total recall for the NES. <laughs> no, you don't. So, so that you can no, appre- you don't. So that you can appreciate. No, that's terrible. <laughs> that's just terrible, Rob. That's pretty bad. I said mediocre. <laughs> that's why we're doing the summer of 16-bit for now. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next track. What we got? All right, so let's see. If I were going to go to my next track, I'm going to go with... Actually, well, since we just mentioned a comment from Jess, let's go with a track pick from Jess. So this comes from the game Cool World because Hollywood, if she could, apparently... Oh, <laughs> the track is called BGM6, the Slash Cup cl- slash Club theme, composed by Dean Evans and Keith Tenman. So I, I'm excited. I, this is one I purposely didn't listen to because uh, Dean Evans did the music to the game for Waterworld. Oh, which is super atmospheric and very cool sounding. So I'm really excited about this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's see Watch this like not be anything that I'm thinking of. <laughs>
Welcome back. You're listening to BGM6, the Slash Club theme from the game Cool World for the SNES, composed by Dean Evans and Keith Tenman, and submitted by listener Jess. So, Cool World's a movie. Well, I probably shouldn't say too much because I got a feeling that Jess already t- did their yeah. a good dis- impression of. What have they you seen? Have was. you seen this movie? I have, but as I, I have Jess kind of points yeah. out, it's not very memorable because, well, let's get to it. I haven't seen Cool World in probably 20 years, but I think I had a favorable opinion of it back then. I seem to remember being more of a hip, edgier adult version of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, just without all the charm. It's not Cool World's fault, though. It would be impossible to have as much charm as Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I have to keep my eyes open next time I'm at the thrift store for a VHS copy and see how well it's held up. Enough about the movie, though, <laughs> but I haven't played the game yet, so I don't have much to say about it, except that if all the music is as good as this, the game can't be that bad, right? <laughs> I gotta point out, before I continue, when I went to this track and listened to it, someone commented, like, how can a game this bad have music this good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess it can be that bad. Um, it's getting late, and I may have already missed the deadline to submit a track. Psst, you didn't. So instead of playing the game tonight, I'm just going to go to school. I'm just going to shoot you this email and try the game tomorrow. P.S. I started watching No Escape last night. I'm not <laughs> done. Well, I think it's still worth bringing up. Just funny. Yeah, yeah. I'm not done watching it, but as a B-movie connoisseur, it's right up my alley. Okay. The whole time I was watching, I was thinking, this would make a great video game. The scenes and set pieces would make great levels. The action's pretty solid. It's over-the-top cheesy fun though it does take 15 to 20 minutes to really get moving. Mm. I'll give the No Escape game a go when I play Cool World. It can't be, it can't be that bad, right? <laughs> if we were if we were going all in on the Twitch, this would be what we would be doing. We would be doing movie games for like a full week. Honestly, yeah, cuz they're it'd be pretty funny that would be fun to do is this game really that because I bet a lot of people haven't played these because again a lot of people just kind of saw a movie game and thought this is going to be terrible but I would want to go in like super serious be like we're going to figure this out and we're going to beat it today (laughs) (laughs) we'll take this game down wow alright so Cool Cool World is um, a cartoonist right and his he he is in a coma. Goes into the goes into a cartoon. Like he's, he draws Cool World, right? He draws. Yeah. I can't remember if he's like in a coma or anything, but I do know he's the artist behind the cartoon, the Cool World cartoon slash comic or whichever. Comic, it yeah, is. it's not a cartoon. It's a cartoon. It's cartoon. It's kind of. It's not really like adult, but it's kind of adult, and he falls in love with his own creation. Or yeah, Holly, Holly, yeah, Hollywood, and she wants to escape the com- the cartoon and go to the real world. Right, right. So right. it's kind of funny in that. It's nefarious, but it's also not. Because when you really think about it, though she goes to some interesting lengths to try to get there in a way that can endanger other people, mm. she really just wants to get out of the comic, which I really can't falter for that. So now, move over to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. They did get out of their comics and cartoons, and they're living in their own little city. Toon, Toon World? Toontown. Toontown. I actually love that aspect of the whole premises, like that, that, that the cartoon world and the real world were just like tunnel adjacent. Yeah, it was like, why not? Why not just have them together, right? Mm-hmm. You know? And and they're Please, so, <laughs> and they're so crazy, right? So why not like the probably tunes? It'd be like their own little community, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Bonkers tried to do it later, and it wasn't nearly as good. Though I did love the Bonkers cartoon, but That's it great. wasn't. It wasn't Who Framed Roger Rabbit cool. No, no. So yeah, I don't think Cool World is going to be one of the movies I'm, I'm going to watch again or watch anytime soon. But like Die Hard, <laughs> Roger Rabbit, you bet your sweet bippy. Mm. 
All right, so I would watch Roger Rabbit again. I wonder if it holds up. Oh, Judge! Wicked Sephiroth nailed it. That evil guy melting in the goo at the end terrified me as a child. That and the guy in Total Recall, or not the guy, but when all the characters were on the moon and they were running out of oxygen. Oh, oh that screwed me up. That was some. That was some really like looking back on that. That is some really fun, like practical effects, right? Like they had like the the, the latex masks and they're blowing up. As a kid, that was freaky. It was freaky, super hey. duper freaky. The judge, the judge melting in Roger <laughs> Rabbit and eyeballs popping in freaking Total Recall, and it also as also what gave me my fear of running out of oxygen. Just pointing that out. That's gonna happen to you. My fear of being deprived of oxygen <laughs> came from Total Recall. All right, we're going to go into a, a Dean Evans double shot. Double shot Tuesdays on <laughs> Rhythm and Pixels. That's a thing. Um, absolutely. <laughs> it is now. Uh, our show's on Wednesdays. Um, this is from a new Patreon member, um, and uh, we've been he's been reaching out and making sure that... Uh, I don't, did he reach out? No, make sure no one else picked from this. No, that was the camera. Anyway, reach out to me on Discord. Really nice person. Really happy to have you in the chat. This is Ulf Pearson. Or off, off person, off per, off person. Thank you very much for um, for joining us on the show. He picked a track from the game Waterworld for the Super Nintendo. The track is the map music, classic. This is Dean Evans on the Super Nintendo. Waterworld for the Super Nintendo. Composed by Dean Evans. This is the map music. Because if you're ever lost, look for Dean Evans. Dick, <laughs> he'll tell you where to go. He'll make a right at the 7 Eleven. If you go, if you see the, if you see the, the Sizzler, you've gone too far again, again, too far back in time. That's remarkably good. Impression of Dean Evans. This <laughs> <laughs> is the best impression, and no one's going to correct me. No one. 
Um, so Olive Person uh, picked this track. An excellent track. I, I'm not sure if we played this on the show before. It's just we so have good. Not. I think we've played a track from Waterworld before, but not this one. I love this. Um, he says uh, in his testimonial, he writes, uh, Waterworld is without a doubt one of my top five movies of all time. Uh, Terminator 2, Die Hard, Jurassic Park, and Home Alone are also on that list. So, and, and the smiley face. Oh, I love Home Alone. Yeah, those are some those are some summer blockbuster classics. Mm-hmm. I do love all these movies. I have not watched Waterworld since it was first released. When I was younger, I thought, oh man, not into it. But I've heard I've heard some people say that like it's not it's it's fun. You know, it's just a fun action movie. But just, it's just wa- too much water. Five out of ten. Weeks ago, maybe months ago, we put it on the TV going to bed. And I just we just left it on. I just watched the opening of it, and it was pretty neat. It was it was weird, but it was pretty cool. It was one. It was super expensive to produce. I remember that much. It was like it was that it was really famous because it cost so much money to make. Um, all right, yeah. Jess says based on the song. I'll add Waterworld to my list of games to play. If you do, you got to let us know let what us you know. think of the game because <laughs> yeah. I can't do it, <laughs> but I am curious about it. But I mean, this has got the I think weight. if I want to play oh. a game based off of this episode, Back mm. to the Future is probably the top one thus far. That looks more like... Like a Pernell Pop and Bopper. Yeah. yeah. You have some fun with that one. And Hitoshi Sakamoto, man. No, Dean Evans. <laughs> <laughs> you pulled my leg, Rob. Dean Evans. Dean Evans. This has got that late night detective show in the '90s energy. Yeah, Silk Stockings. What are some other ones? Moonlighting? Maybe not Moonlighting. Bronze pants. <laughs> Bronze pants. I don't know. Um, I never really watched a lot of this stuff. Like the only yeah, thing I really watched back in the day that was late night was like USA up all night. <laughs> that was that was, was, that, was like Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey, that was good. Yeah, that yeah. was my that was my thing back in the day. I would watch that, and even if the movies were terrible, that was the uh, point. For some right? reason, yeah, I yeah. was like, I'm entertained by this. Mm-hmm. And then you'd hear Gilbert Godfrey talk over. He's like, well, okay, this is entertaining, I guess. I feel like they had they had bought a bunch of terrible movies and they didn't know what to do with them, so they were like, let's just make a, an event and have someone host the whole thing. Pretty much. And it, I don't know how it worked, but it did. But it was like it was that. And then on another channel, of course, because it wasn't USA, I would watch Tales from the Crypt. Those were like my big late night shows. And I still have fond memories of Tales from the Crypt, despite the fact that I liked the plots, but I didn't like the horror. Yeah. Like, I wasn't a big horror guy, but I liked the whole idea of like, is that guy going to get what's coming to him? I want to see how the how this, yeah. how this unfolds. I felt the same way. Um, I used to babysit uh, my cousins, uh, Mikey and Rachel. Um, wow, we're all so much older now. It's amazing. But when I, I would go to their house and they went to bed and like late at night, I forget what channel it was on. It would play The Outer Limits, but like the 90s remake of The Outer Limits hosted by Forrest Whitaker. Wow, and that's it was, an interesting and it was, host. And I remember loving it. I thought it was one of the coolest shows. Super, super cool. Like, like it was kind of like that. It was like a... Um, these morality tales, but like told with like a science fiction bent, and you're always like, "Oh, something's gonna happen to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. It's coming." Yeah. Like they start off with the episode where he's like, "Person's like spare quarter." He's like, "You homeless loser, get a job." It's like he's gonna get his come up. It's by the end. I just know it. Yeah. It's it, coming. Yeah, something's gonna happen to that guy. <laughs> Spills your drink on the waiter. Brings out the drink, and the guy grabs it. This tastes like crap. Splash the guy. Oh, he's in trouble. Well, we're watching that. He's going to pay for that. We're watching that Fear Street movie, and like, 
and there's three movies in this thing and in the opening there's always like two kids and they're like hey you got the drugs and we're like they gonna die <laughs> and like, two other kids run off in the woods to like have sex and we're like they they're gonna going die, to die. <laughs> but what if someone sees us no one ever asks what if someone wants to kill us it's yeah. always if they see us like <laughs> I would think murder in the woods late at night would be higher on my list than right. some rando spotting me just saying especially growing up at an age when you watch movies where kids die in the woods while having sex you know just, it's just don't just don't get your parents to blow and get a hundred bucks get a motel room or something don't go in the woods and get shanked it's not worth it it's just not and then your parents are going to wish they gave you a hundred dollars because they don't have any children or maybe they'll be happy because they have a hundred dollars no no they'll be sad so next time before you make that bad choice ask your folks for money and you'd be up front and then you give it back then you then you, <laughs> you work a hard job and you pay it back. You pay it back with interest. Not with interest. No, I'm cheap. Because if you don't pay back with interest, that's when you get axed. <laughs> By your parents? No, no, the the, the the guy with the hockey mask. Why would he do it? He, he's, got, he's running around with an abacus. <laughs> like, uh, well, no murders for me tonight. Wait a minute. I like that it. guy only paid his dad base value. Okay, Time I, to shank. I like that the axe murderer doesn't carry a calculator or an iPhone. He's got an abacus. Well, yeah. He's a traditionalist. Same reason he's not killing him with a gun. He's okay. killing him with a rusty hatchet. And... Okay. <laughs> he's come up short. Time to kill him. And he runs. <laughs> and like all the little things like fall to the side. Like, oh, I gotta, oh, crap. Now I got to run the numbers again. One, two, three, ten, twenty, forty. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jess says that uh, this track makes me think of the hopelessly out of place love scene from an 80s or 90s movie. That's true. Aww. Like, like you're, you're watching a movie with your parents, and you're like, oh, this is going to be a fun action movie. Then there's, like, some, like, really, like, explicit racy scene. And the and parents like, put their eyes, hands over your eyes, like, no, no one told me that was going to happen. <laughs> I'm just, I'm ruining it for my children. <laughs> All right. Uh, $100 and no more kids? Oh, I wanted $100. I wanted three kids and no money. <laughs> that was a Simpsons reference. Oh. oh. All right, so we're on to uh, your next track for now. Oh, right. So what is my next track? What is your next Let's track? Let's see. Let's see. Well, it can only be one. Or can it? Uh, uh, it could be two. <laughs> nah, it could be two. Anyway, this comes from actually a game. I was hoping that you picked the other one, but I don't think it ended up happening because we had two people that chose tracks from the same game, just different consoles, which I thought was cool. Um, but the track I went with came from listener Justin Schneider, and it was from the game Batman Returns on the Super Nintendo. And the track is titled Battle with the Penguin, composed by Jun Funahashi, Harumi Weko, and Kazuhiko Uehara. Ooh, Konami classics. It would have been interesting if you picked the other one. Like we could have had a Battle of the Batman Returns. I did. Wait, you did? I did. Did you say my name on that? All right, here we go. <laughs> I'm teasing. Here we go. We're going. We're you going. You spoiled it, Rob. You could have been like, well, fun fact away. All right, let's go, man. Batman Returns on the Super Nintendo. I chose my champion. Let's do this thing. Look, okay, look. Jun Funahashi, Katsuhiko Oehara, Harumi Oweko. You kidding me? <laughs> I know. These are classic. These are classic Konami composers coming to bring the pain.
Welcome back. You're listening to this fantastic track, that being Battle with the Penguin from the game Batman Returns on the SNES, composed by Jun Funahashi, Harumi Oweko, and Kazuhiko Uehara. I think the chat members came up with a pretty astute compare um, concept here of it being more of a Batman meets Final Fantasy VI theme. Thank you, off <laughs> person. Um, you know, you know that like okay. So this is the, this is actually the final battle of the game. So the final battle is with the penguin. And what's interesting, what I would find interesting is if you if you got this far in the game and you're probably like super tense mm-hmm. and you're doing the final battle, when that theme comes around, the actual Batman theme comes up in the track. It probably is amazing. It's like, oh my god, they played the theme! I guess you hyped up like, now I feel like I can take this guy out. Yeah, super hype. That's really cool. Time to save that girl he was dating in that movie. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you didn't. I was was trying to remember the name (laughs) of the woman he was dating in the movie. I don't even remember. Uh, Bedroth says that his second form is the Emperor Penguin. (laughs) It's pretty good. The thought I had, like, he summons a giant... It goes into a turn-based battle, and he summons a giant, actual giant bat, and it bites the (laughs) penguin's head off for triple nine damage. That was Danny DeVito, right? Quad nine damage. Daniel DeVito played. Yes. Yeah, that's that's awesome. What if he played? What if that was him and? Uh, it made me sad. Kind of always too, sunny. Yeah, Daniel uh, DeVito. Makes me want to go back and watch because I wouldn't be surprised if he did like one cameo thing of it, like did the walk like it or something. Yeah, I'm sure. But like the one thing about that movie that was interesting, like I feel like I might be misremembering it. So if anybody in the chat that knows the movie better remembers it, I feel like they did have a moment in the film where like. He he wanted to just be considered like a normal person, and he thought a woman yes. did treat him like a normal person, but then she kind of screwed him over because yeah. she was only using him to get like a credit within like the community. That could be conflating it with the cartoon ask. I know it was a cartoon episode. No, that did this it. sounds really familiar. Like I remember them making his character more relatable, or at least more human. Yeah. And it made me sex. I'm like, oh, see, that's what happens. That's why he turned to crime. Not like the Joker in the first movie, the, the Jack Nicholson Joker. He was nutso. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny fun. too because I, I still I still give him credit as being like a good Joker despite the I fact so. that he's not the definitive one anymore. But like because obviously Mark Hamill and then Heath Ledger became the definitive Jokers. But Jack Nicholson nailed it. And what other Joker had that really cool dance scene? Oh yeah, with the Prince song. Yes, I love that. No thing. other Joker compares, baby. As a, as a kid, like that didn't I didn't connect with that at all. But like now, I I think it's amazing. I love oh, that. Person just said hey, Chris, I, they both get credit. Chris Weider goes, Batman just having a bunch of espers in his utility belt. He keeps, what doesn't he keep in that belt? <laughs> um, and then old person goes, Batman never kills anybody, but his espers do. <laughs> so before I forget, though, I should read Justin Snyder's testimonial, because this Batman Returns with has been ripe for dialogue, but we got to read the testimonial because he wrote a nice one here. Let's go. So many mostly 90s films and games to choose from. But I think I'd go with one of my, the few licensed games I used to love as a kid. Batman Returns was right on the edge of appropriate for anything I should have been watching as a child. <laughs> but I loved the first one, and this direct follow-up by Tim Burton was slightly scary at the time, but more fun than anything else. The SNES game was kind of close to the story, following the same overarching narrative, but deviating from the movie here and there where the game needed to do something different to stay fun. We were just talking about mm-hmm. that. I remember enjoying the gameplay. The music and the graphics all meshed well enough to keep me coming back for years. And that's saying something, as most beat-em-ups don't hold my attention for very long. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this standout track, Battle with the Penguin, which has always stood out to me because it felt more like an RPG track than a beat-em-up one. Nailed it! <laughs> it was like Final Fantasy VI. And it's funny, 
we were talking about how this doesn't seem like like what was he saying? Like they had to deviate from the narrative of the film. No, Batman for essence from the NES by Sunsoft. No, that was the king of that. Oh yeah, that was Batman one, but you're fighting tanks in the sewers. <laughs> punch, punch sewer tanks. Fight that electrical death. guy at the end of that one stage. Yeah, he uh, bounce off of walls. I bet Batman would have bounced off of walls, right? I mean, like Batman had the wall. I don't mind him having the wall jump. It's the fact that he was fighting like in like mutants and claw tanks <laughs> and m- mutant claw tanks. It was weird. It was a game that, for all intents and purposes, made no sense for the material, but it was still so darn fun. It didn't matter. All right, so let's go to the other side of this uh, bat coin. We're going to listen to um, Batman Returns for the Sega CD. Yeah. This is um, composed by Spencer Nielsen, and this is the track Winter Wonderland, and it was selected by our listener, Electric Boogaloo. E.B. E.B.
That was Winter Wonderland from Batman Returns for the Sega CD, composed by the smooth, jazzy, and I'm assuming sexy, Spencer Nilsson. That was fantastic. I I thought it was good. It was good, but I had to choose. I had to choose. There was two Batman Returns. Go with my good. You know, um, we'll, we'll, we'll put it up to the chat, okay? So, people in the chat, Battle of the Batman! Right. Type in Sega, if you like the Sega one. Type Nintendo. No, not like. Not like, because you like them both, hopefully, but preference. A preference. Or, and type Nintendo if you like the Super Nintendo one. And hopefully. then, um, and we'll tally it up at the end of this little break here. Um, but for now, I'm Electric Boogaloo wrote a uh, little testimonial here. Uh, they say Batman Returns on Sega CD is kind of a weird game in that it's actually two games bolted into one disc. One is a straight port of the Genesis version, a side-scrolling platformer that is not so well regarded, and the other is a pretty cool 3D action driving game that takes full advantage of the Sega CD's sprite scaling abilities. Um, you can choose to play the driving or platforming levels separately or together as one whole experience, each with their own separate endings. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, in addition to those new driving levels is an entirely new soundtrack composed by Spencer Nielsen, which is what we're listening to right now. One of his first projects at Sega, and honestly, it's quite great. Ranging from haunting orchestral scores to rock and industrial tunes, the music here lends well to the dark atmosphere of Batman Returns. This particular track, played on the driving portion of the disc, this is driving music for now, <laughs> does give a nice balance of the two styles. Anyway, if you have a Sega CD, you should probably have this in your collection if not for the nice but challenging driving levels, at least for the great music all around. Yes, okay. good music. And then what, here's one thing I forgot to mention. He wrote um, a little addendum later on. The version of the song I sent to you guys is slightly different than the one you hear in the Batman Returns game. This one is actually sourced from a promo disc called Sega Multimedia Studio, music from the Sega CD games, Jurassic Park, and Batman Returns. With the Winter Wonderland track here, everything is the same as in-game until about two minutes in where um, there's an extra section that pops up. I had not heard this part before. I was about to send them a recommendation in, and honestly, it adds a nice flourish at the end. Uh, so yeah, I figured I'd let y'all hear it too. All right, so let's um, let's go into the chat, Pernell, and um, let's see who wins the Nintendo Battle of the Nintendo won, bits. baby. Nintendo, no. Well, but it was close. It was very close. As long as it's close. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this... I was worried it was going to be a blow because it was a lot of, it was a lot of Sega love popping in like back-to-back, but then... Thankfully, some Nintendo love followed suit. Oh, there's a pull function. I can use the pull function. Okay, that's okay. We'll do that next time. Do that Driving next levels time. are ridiculously difficult due to restrictive time limits. Otherwise, I would have loved it. That's a just quote regarding the Batman Returns Sega CD game. Mm. Honestly, time restrictions on those kinds of games give me, you know, outrun, you know, nightmares. So yeah. I can totally see yeah. that as being a frustrating aspect of things. Where it's like they know it's not going to be a challenge to complete the stage, so they make the challenge. Can you complete the stage within a certain time, right? Mm-hmm. So they can keep that noise. I want to. I want to be able to drive <laughs> in my own leisure. Maybe the time factor can be like, can I beat my high score? Can I do it better? Though so I not, guess at the same time, <laughs> if there's a bomb involved, not fast and furious. I want to do things um, uh, uh, on my on my own time. Slow and relaxed. Yes, yeah, slow. slow and happy. Slow and slow and jovial. <laughs> slow and jovial. Um, uh, uh, Slovial. Not Slovakian, Slovakian. Um, in a very brisk, brisk, and brisk baby, brisk and relaxed. I can go with that. It involves tea at the end. I like that. 
Um, all right, I think that was one, two, three. Purnell, do you believe it is now time for the bonus round? The bonus round? We do. We, the bonus, bonus round. Oh, my God. Purnell, watch out. Here comes the bonus round. <laughs> <laughs> nice to bonus you. I don't know. <laughs> Ice to bonus you. <laughs> God, freaking terrible puns. Are I have a right? friend who every time someone's birthday comes, he goes, have, a, have an ice birthday. That's oh his shtick. Are you ready for some cold tracks? <laughs> that's right. Let us chill with some bonus tracks. Uh, the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes, and honestly, just more music uh, based on our theme. Pranel, what did you pick for the bonus round? Well, I had to go with an interesting track because, one, it so it was from the same game as something I picked last you know, our movie episode, but also because it's just freaking good. Um, this was submitted by The Last Recon and not nah, the other one. Um, oh. And this was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. believe it or not, I chose the other one because the other, like, the one was like five minutes and it was like, <laughs> it was really close between which one I wanted. And I was like, well, the shorter one wins in that regard, but I like them both. Um, this comes from the game Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie from the SNES, is a remix slash cover. Um, I should have, he didn't put down the name of the guy, but it's on the tracks so I'll bring it up in a second. Okay. But this is a remix of the Ivan Ooze theme submitted by listener and friend, The Last Recon. And it's pretty freaking good. It's an F-Zero style version of it.
Welcome back. You're listening to the F-Zero cover of the Ivan Ooze theme from the game Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie! The this time he's a white ranger, oh. composed by, or rather remixed by, Remix Rave and submitted by friend The Last Recon. So, I got to read this, and I actually got to chuckle out of the end, which it'll come up, and I think Cameron's still in the chat, so he'll appreciate it. So, I found two covers of the Ivan Ooze theme from the game Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. I had many fond memories of watching this show and movie as a kid, and while I never played the SNES version, this soundtrack still captures the rocking tunes of the show and movie. Hope you're all enjoying your summer. Parentheses, I have not completed a single game on my summer games challenge, so I might crunch for time come August. I'll, I'll say my pen to that afterwards, but Wu-Tang Forever, The Last Recon. P.S. Purnell, you got some nerve calling out Cam on the last episode when you yourself are only two steps away from beating Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse's final dungeon. You need to get on it, man. What? I, first of all, I had to read that because I thought it was, I actually thought it was nice that he had Cam's back after the last episode. <laughs> it's, nice, it's nice to see our listeners kind of banding together against us, right? <laughs> <laughs> Working together to take a thing. But like, honestly, like, I, I get it. My thing was just that, like, it was more about the idea of like, the community I was built around. So I was like, come on, finish it. Like SMT four, I would, I'm pretty safe. I'm pretty comfortable in saying that, you know, Daryl is the only person that has ever been like, Hey, you should beat this game. But even still, no one's ever been like, yo, so what are your favorite demons? You know, where's your, what strategy you use on X boss or anything like that? There's nothing like that going on. Our La Mulana chats are deep like that. It's like, yeah. what, what, what weapons did you use on such and such boss? Did you have a strategy? Yeah. So I was like, the community element yeah, makes you guys you- were like sharing notes of like, oh, where, where, what clue did you pick up here? Did you pick up over there? Match them together. Exactly. Yeah. So like it adds more drive to like, yo, man, beat the game. But I won't lie, if there were people, you know, collectively chatting with me about Shin Megami Tensei, mm-hmm. I, if anything, that game would have been completed by now because I'd have been like, oh, boy. I, I got, that's what happened with Lava Lana. I was like, I'd get tired. And then Carlos would be like, oh, I just solved this puzzle. Like, well, screw that. Now I got to get back to it. <laughs> no time to take a break. You know, so like that's yeah, the vibe get, I get from get, that. You get more of a, a competitive, like, let's, let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I got to keep this up. I got to go. Oh, Cameron! I should let you know. It's, Cause he's like, I haven't listened to that episode yet. It wasn't a, it wasn't a dig or nothing. It was basically the idea of like, like I was like, it also this is before you told us that you were having trouble with the final boss. But I was like, how has he not done the game yet? He put so much effort into the game. Don't let the final boss be the thing that stops you and playing other games and stuff like that. I was like, just finish it. You can do it. But then you told us like, like two days after the recording, I was like, yeah, the final boss is giving me grief, which I get because that boss is a jerk face. If anything, I wouldn't be surprised if it took me like an hour or two to fin- actually win against that fight. So, like, oh, there's really? n- yeah. So what happened? <laughs> yeah. This is a, a tangent, but it's funny. It fits our show to the T anyway. Um, La Mulana two when it first came out, people were actually complained about the final boss being too easy. Um, like there are actually videos of people out there having played the original build and fighting him, and it's almost like he slept through it. Like mm. it was a joke of a fight. So. When they released the console versions, they updated the boss fight to be, well, as Cam's experiencing currently, a lot harder. <laughs> um, most notably, the final phase. Um, but the the way you get around it, ultimately, though it's still challenging, is cheesing out pattern recognition. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he does this. Like, I gave Cameron one clue where I was like, for one of the forms of that fight, 
you know that the boss will always stop one frame before a platform, so you can just jump straight up and just like get free wax on him without taking hits. Uh, um, but stuff like that you end up picking up on. But I, I that, that came yeah. from me dying a lot. <laughs> so I do that with some of the bosses and enter the gungeon, like the um uh the gun like the gun king or the old gun king. Mm-hmm. Um, like it. It's it's AI is designed in a way where it's like its patterns are going to move in certain directions where I can like stand in one spot, like move back and then forward again, back and then forward again, and it just never moves for me. And it's amazing, right? Because hit. someone yeah. not knowing what that is, and they come in on the first time they watch you fight, it's like how the heck? There's <laughs> yeah. bullets everywhere. And you're just like, <laughs> like, yeah, like just shifted and shocked. It just can't hit me. It just can't hit me. But yeah. Um, all right, so our next title is, is not a remix, um, but it is a, actually a really cool game. It is Willow. Willow. <laughs> Willow over here, Willow over there. Yo, MC Willow. Willow <laughs> for the arcade. This is the arcade version of the game, uh, Capcom classic, composed by Takashi Taiteishi, and um, this was chosen by Mike Myers. This is stage two. Stage 2 from Willow for the Arcade, composed by Takashi Tateishi, chosen by Mike Myers. This section's really strange. Wicked Sephiroth says it reminds me of the Mega Man X Final boss fight, which I don't know, I don't now know. I want to look up the composer because they are both Capcom games. They are Capcom games. Uh, Mike Myers, he writes a testimonial. He says, Willow, the smash hit movie of 1988. Oh my god, it was 1988. <laughs> We're old, Rob. Wow. Uh, is about a hobbit that takes a magical artifact on a quest to destroy the Dark Lord. Okay. Uh, Capcom, for some reason, thought it should be a video game, although I spent my summer with the NES version. That's a good Zelda slash Crystalis clone. Yeah. Uh, the theme today is 16-bit, so the track I'm submitting is from the action platformer arcade version. You know, I I love that back in the 90s and the 80s, like, arcade games were just platformers, like the action platformers. Like, you don't... You, you stopped seeing that in the 90s. You know, it was like racing games, fighting games. Well, it was because they had... Puzzle games. They had to step up the... They had to step it up because arcade games back then were just pretty much trying to beat the NES and Master System. Yeah. But then once 16-bit consoles came out, they had to kind of like, I don't know, just kind of go above and beyond up. that. And it was like, okay, well, what can they not do on those consoles? I just I think it was so interesting, like the, the, the platformers that were available at the time. Um, Cameron's kind of like goes, Willow is a Nelwyn, not a Hobbit. Yeah, man, potato, potato. <laughs> <laughs> Hobbit, Hobbit. Um, I, I do. Me, me and Christy do quote this movie a lot. Um, really? There's these two little like elf things that steal the human baby, um, and remember the humans are called Daikinis. And they go, Daikon, ah, Daikini radishes. Daik- we stole the Daikini baby while the human was taking a pee pee. <laughs> they say that. They say that a lot. Like they actually say that a lot, 
Well, I don't know. I, we say that. I'm about to say, you guys do, maybe. I can't imagine <laughs> there being enough scenes in that movie for them to repeatedly go. Like, is this their, mo- this is their well, MO? I'm saying, if we're talking about potty humor again. Like, we give we give our victims lots of beverage, <laughs> wait for bathroom break, then yeah. pounce on baby. Oh, oh, another Val Kilmer movie. This is Val Kilmer. Will I? Yeah, he was, he was Mad Mardigan. He was the master swordsman. He was trapped in a cage, and Willow goes on his quest to, I think, see a, a witch or some wizardly, sorceress lady to save the world, and he lets the, the, the him, him out, Mad Mardigan out, and um, he fights with him. Does this hold up? Should I go back and watch this movie? Um, Cameron says Willow is one of my favorites. I, I It probably is amazing still, I would imagine. Hmm. I don't know where you can watch it. I'm sure you can watch it somewhere. It's classic. The internet. <laughs> I mean, in a world of the internet, I'm sure it's findable. But it's I, a question I, of do I want to watch it or not? Uh, the actor's name who plays um, the, the, the titular character, Willow, I don't remember his the actor's name, but he's fantastic. And he actually had a, uh, a role in the Harry Potter movies as well. Uh-huh. Uh, so I love it. how Cameron goes, Mad Mortigan is my man. Yeah. Not a statement I would have expected ah, to read okay. today or it. ever. Cam says it's on the Disney Plus uh, channel. So for more information on the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to the artist's SoundClouds and Bandcamps and everywhere you can go buy the music and support the artists. Joining us on 29-1 of Rhythm and Pixels, our Patreon-exclusive live-streamed episode where we go back to the movies. Let's the all go minute. to the console. Let's all go to the console. Let's all go to the console and power that bad boy on. This Play is some a, games. It's a sinister track. This is from Alien 3 for the Genesis. Stage Catch you later, Stephen Miller. He's going to bed. Good night, Stephen. This is Matt Furness on the track. And this is chosen by Cameron Werma. Are you trying to say it to the tune of the music? Everybody help get on the floor. Everybody Stop it! Walk the There's no, there are no dinosaurs in <laughs> Alien 3. All right. <laughs> then again, who knows? This is a game. Maybe the game added dinosaurs. They do weird things like that. But I'll read the testimonial submitted by... Cameron, in regards to this actually really good track. It was very good. Hey, guys. So Alien 3 and I go way back. It's been the source of much wailing and gnashing of teeth for me, being one of the hardest games I've ever owned. Mm. Matt Furness's OST featuring Sean Hollingworth, as per usual, is both atmospheric and intense. The Stage 4 track in particular is very ambient, especially in the beginning when it's nothing but water dripping and what I imagine is wind. Stereo is used to great effect here, too. Conveniently, wet and windy is the perfect description. Oh, man, I must have typed over it in some way. Such as when level 426, the Xenomorph homeworld, such as when you're there. Sort of famously, this game and its various iterations have little to do with the movie and have more in common with the other two films in the trilogy than the one it's apparently based on. The track does this awesome Rush-esque thing with the bass line where it builds on the riff one note at a time, 
until it's fully plodding along underneath the track. It starts with the first note, then the first and second, or second and third, and so on. Rush did this exact same thing in the song By Tour in the Snow Dog. The whole track builds and builds, which I absolutely love. The haunting piano arpeggios ah! <laughs> come in next. The bass line shifts from playing the one note octave to the chord root note, and that awesome synth melody comes in to round it all out. And as a sort of finale, the loop ends with a couple slick tom rolls, which come out of nowhere, and there are no other drums in this song, as there are no other drums in the song. Many of you guys listening are probably familiar with this OST, but this seemed like a good opportunity to play one of my favorite tracks. Thanks, Rhythm and Pixels boys, and I hope y'all's enjoy. We did. We do. And I, we are. This is awesome. I'm really, really into this track. It's very, very effective. It's a very, like, 80s atmospheric, like, sounding, too, which is awesome. And Matt Furness is it's one of my favorite composers. The Mount Rushmore of classic video game composers for me has Matt Furness sitting there. It, honestly, I don't even know who I would put up to. I just know Motoi Sakuraba would fit probably Tempe Sato in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking classic, though. Classic, though. Oh, it has to be classic. What? Well, that's a challenger. I mean, PlayStation, I guess, is classic. Probably Bun Bun. Bun Bun. Definitely Bun Bun. Jun Funahashi. Um, so, thanks, everybody, for joining us here. Thanks for listening to our movie tracks of the year. If you have a suggestion for an episode, if you have a track suggestion, we would love to hear it. You can send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for more information about our show and a full track listing from this episode and all of our episodes, you can check out the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Go to Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. You can find us there and shout at us, send us memes, to do whatever. You can call us up. No, don't do that. Don't do I that. like to sleep. Um, you can go to our Discord. Um, it's at discord.com slash something or other. It's at our website. At the top of the website is a link to go to our Discord server. There's a lot of a lot of uh, conversation and a lot of jokes happening there. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I'm really enjoying Discord lately. I just It's like the new spot. I'm always concerned about Discord in general. It's just like I want people to just be able to go there and chat and just be free but I always worry like is there enough people talking is there enough happening here but I also yeah, got to accept that it's just much. a ch- I worry <laughs> like the dick is like is, are people using it are they enjoying it but in the end it had, I guess it's just a matter of like is Discord going to do what Discord does yeah 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 you, you get in what you get out you get out what you get in that's what I mean anyway. you triple dip and you take a skip <laughs> so that's our Discord so check that out um, at YouTube youtube.com slash rhythm and pixels we have a 24-7 radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics um, I've been working on the visuals lately, so I'm really, I'm really proud of that. You've been putting in good work, yeah, and it shows. I reprogrammed the whole thing, so now it's at the point now where if like a composer or a system comes up, I can actually trigger it to do stuff. Oh man! So Super Nintendo will start playing. I have a little Super Nintendo fly across the screen. Sega Genesis will start flying across the screen. So I'm working on something like lots that. of P wings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a P wing. That's a great idea. So I'm, I'm playing with different ideas on what to do with that. So. I'm open to suggestions on the visuals of the radio station. I'm really proud of that. And if you'd like to support the show, well, I mean, you can tell people about it. If you'd say, I listen to podcasts, um, I like video game music. Um, I like Windex. And this is my favorite. And can, Yeah, you, you love drinking Windex. So good. The Windex and apples. 
apple flavored Windex. Apple flavored Windex. Um, so yeah, you can tell people about it. You can also um, buy some t-shirts that we've designed at uh, rhythmandpixels.com slash merch. And you can also support the show at Patreon, patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. And there you um, get a prequel episode once a week at all levels. You can get a access to a live stream. I'm starting to crash. Uh, access to a live. It's, it's the Rob way. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a, late. Rob wants to nap. Um, you get access to a monthly live stream episode, just like this one, uh, once a month. It's monthly. And um, you can hang out with us while the show's going on. You get to see how it's recorded. You get to see the, usually the back of my head and the front of Purnell's head and all the visual stuff that we do during the show. Um, and also at the at the highest tiers, we'd like to thank all of our Patreon members. So we would like to thank uh, Frankly Zappa. Thank you very much. Well timed, by the way, because yeah. he just said he liked the artwork that he put up on the thing along oh, with Wicked Sephiroth. Thank you. Uh, Mike Myers, Sean Dobbins, Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219, Christopher Senstrom, Davey Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Wicked Sephiroth, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Michael Bridgewater, Mebri64 from the Forever Sound Version podcast, uh, Reinhardt Selkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, The Autistic Gamer 89, Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy, Ulf Pearson, Thank you all so much for your continued support of our show. It's always appreciated. You guys are fantastic individuals, and we greatly appreciate your support. Yes. It's super, super duper wonderful to see all your names at the end. It really and I'll flat keeps out, us going. And I'll flat out say I doubly appreciate seeing you in the actual live chat, too. There's something, like I said, there's something nice about people just popping in, even if it's for a short window of time, just to be like, hey, you know, you just chat about the show. Let's say some random stuff. You know, hang out with everybody. It's, it's a good thing. It feels nice. Feels really nice. Um, what's feel really nice to me is laying in my bed, going to sleep. So um, next week we're recording late because I'm going to be away. Mm-hmm. So that'll be next weekend. That cool with you? It's fine with me. Awesome. That should be able. To, that should work. And then the week after that, we actually have a special guest on the show. Do you remember Santa Claus? Santa Claus coming in. <laughs> Sack of toys. Finally. Sack of toys and a bottle of coal. May he bring my psycho pop of figure. Now, we actually have a, um, a games composer coming on the show. He's um, been in the industry a long time. Their PR rep came to us about three months ago, and I believe it's all going to work out. So we're going to run that in a couple weeks. But until then, thanks for listening to the show. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. See you next time. And remember, movies... Movies, I mean, it's a hard thing to say there. Basically, movies are fantastic to watch. They're a good way to spend your time. But people love to give you grief depending on how you watch a movie and how you consume your film media. But the truth of the matter is, similar to eating a Reese's Cup, there really is no wrong way to watch a movie. Now, with that said, there can be conflicting clashes with how you watch a movie compared to another person. In which case, of course, you're going to have difficulty discussing the film, if at all. But if it's all about what you're doing, just watch the film your way. It's all about just enjoying it the the way you want to feel comfortable doing it and just having a good time. And if you find other people that do it in the same manner, there's your matchup. There's your connection. Otherwise, you know, just do your thing. As a guy who's who's known to have not seen 95% of the movies that are out there that everyone else has seen, I get it. (laughs) But... 
every movie, I mean, even the bad ones, I feel like every movie is a good experience to watch when you take the time to actually consume it in your in your way. Just do it. Have fun. Get some popcorn. Get those popcorn seasonings from Colonel Redenbacher. You know, we got the, the jalapeno cheddar that you sprinkle over the... Uh, Yo, don't you do it! I am not into the... You don't like them! I don't like the flavor blasted stuff. That flavor blasted flavor sprinkle. Too much. Oh my god, is this the end of Rhythm and Pixels? Rob hates sprinkling seasonings on his popcorn. This is... This hurts. This hurts the soul, actually. That's a big and Jalapeno cheddar! Uh, okay, to be honest, I never had it before. I'm, oh, there you go. You I'll, need try, to I'll try, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try. Remedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs>